the NCAA gets upended by the passage of a new law in California. What does it mean for marketing and branding of amateur athletes in 2023 and beyond? All this and a lot more on a special 51st episode of The A-Game. You're listening to The A-Game, an adcom podcast chronicling the week in media, technology, and agency life, featuring Joel Hammond, Jim Ganser, and Jeff Culleton. Good afternoon. We've got a uh, we, we we've got a different squad today, which I'm excited about. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we're uh, we're we're missing Jimmy James Ganser, and our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family today. But so we've got uh, we've got senior VP account director Kevin Griffin. Kevin uh, has a litany of commas that could potentially go after his name. I will limit it to a few. Most importantly, being former college athlete, which is in particular going to be useful for today. And then uh, Joel Hammond, my friend. Did you who- know? You know, I don't want to. I don't want to make a big deal about this. I actually uh, could have been a Division One college athlete. Also, unfortunately, I tore my knee up. Uh, you think my you, senior high school would it have been cross country? No, 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 no. They wanted me to play QB, but I, my knee was just it was just ruined. <laughs> who was uh, what schools were going after? Oh, you, you know. I can't, there are so many. I, I can't. I can't. It would take too long. Did you? I, unfortunately, we haven't. You know, we haven't fully. I look like a quarterback, don't I? You do. You do. Yeah, <laughs> I've got the height. Moved over to, to video capabilities yet? But if yeah, if sure. we did, you would see that Joel is in the early stages of growing a a, oh. a Gardner Minshew esque ah. yes. mustache. And you know, uh, the only unfortunate thing is that Joel's hair being you know blonde means it takes an extra month or six <laughs> in order to get into a really nice You know place. who didn't get paid at uh, Washington State for his exploits, uh, for all the money he made for Washington State University? Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. So as you... Jo- Joel, well, well, Joel, I mean, at least, you know. Joel is officially. not only a, a, a deft tactician and leader of our social media team and PR teams, but he also looks really good with a mustache. Yeah. It's, it's hard true. to take your eyes off of. It's true. So what I wanted to get into today, and I think there's a couple of different uh, areas that we can go with it. Um, and Kev, I'm just like mm-hmm. super interested on in your perspective here. But obviously last week, uh, California passed uh, the fair uh, play and pay law where amateur athletes can be paid um, for their participation, for their image and likeness in college sports. So um, there's been a, just a multitude of reactions to this, um, one of which that I think is interesting and I'd like you to kind of weigh in on was Gene, Gene Smith, the AD at Ohio State, your alma mater, who you know, was adamant, was one of the first and largest programs to adamantly come out and say, I won't schedule games uh, against schools uh, that, um, that have the uh, or in California that, that uh, ask us to pay the athletes. The other side <laughs> of the coin was the number of states, to my knowledge, uh, it's at 10 right now that have started the process in motion of enacting a, an almost identical law. Um, you know, it, it doesn't go into effect until 2023. What do you think the chances of this really catching on uh, versus being something that, you know, kind of puffs up in smoke and goes away? Yeah, well, thanks for having me back, guys. I appreciate it. I always have fun in here. Um, so the the fair pay to play act i I actually think it's it it has a difficult name for us all to understand because it's not as if the athletes are being paid just just to to show up that's right so the real question is 
uh, or do the athletes or do any of us have the right to our own likeness and image? And if mm. so, then how are we compensated for that if someone else is actually monetizing um, uh, off of, 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 our, of, of our likeness? So uh, interesting that California is out in front of this, but uh, rightfully so given the size of, the, of, of, of that state. Uh, and now there are, to your point, 11 different states that have, have enacted similar legislation, or at least conversation around the, yeah. the legislation. I think also is important that Anthony Gonzalez, who's a, a, a congressman here from the, the 16th district Rocky of Rocky River, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, former Ohio State athlete, uh, wide receiver, and then uh, played in the NFL for a number of years. As a, in his role as, as, as a congressman, he's also uh, proposed some legislation that would kind of level the playing field across the country. Um, very similar language to what they have that they've passed in California, but really thinking about it on a macro level for the whole country. So it, to your point, you know, from where we sit as advertisers, I, 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 the first thing I, I think about is, okay, where would this actually impact a market? For example, Columbus, mm -hmm. where they have, they don't have an NFL team. Uh, they don't have a Major League Baseball team. They don't have uh, an NBA team. So would someone like Justin Blue Jackets Fields, in the crunch. Sorry. And, and the, the crew, right? <laughs> the crew, the excuse me. Yeah, yeah, damn it. Yeah, yeah, the crew. But would, would an athlete like Justin Fields or whoever the starting quarterback is in Columbus, would they have such – cachet and brand recognition that, uh, you know, s local stores, uh, regional brands would then reach out to a Justin Fields, uh, again, as an example, uh, and be able to provide their brand a, an awareness lift. I, yep. I think there's communities like Columbus, probably Durham, uh, probably Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa, probably some places in Texas oh, yeah. uh, where the quarterback or the star point guard or center, whoever the basketball player might be, uh, probably could command a, a pretty penny for their image likeness over the course of a couple of years. Yeah. How about like, uh, you know, I think that extends even, you, you, your examples were good. I think this extends even further. What about like Stores, Connecticut, where the women's basketball team is the number one game in town? Like, I think this could extend to female athletes in that, in that regard too. Whoever, you know, maybe, you know, you mentioned Texas. I'm thinking of Austin. Like, Texas is probably big enough, but like there's so much going on in Austin. Is that a, is yeah. that a major factor there? But I mean, to, to Kevin's point, Columbus, they're the they're the game in town. You know, well, and so it's take, not like a Cleveland State basketball player. Is take Texas is gonna... and uh, you know, the, the college football. The value <clears throat> of the University of Texas's television network. So in Austin. I tend to agree with you. What about in Odessa? Mm. What about in West Texas, where football is life, and the stars of those teams are not just stars in those yeah. uh, geographies of Austin and Dallas and Houston? So here's where the point. This is where the argument has been made um, from, uh, from, and I don't know what side you guys are on here, but I'm, I'm, I'm sort of frankly, I don't know what side I'm on yet. Yeah, yeah. to be so honest, I, I'm on the side of these. The athletes deserve to be paid for the likeness. Yeah, and the other side will make the argument that. The brand is not actually made by the individual athlete. The brand is made by the the university that mm -hmm. they play for. So as an example, Zion Williamson, you know, was it because he was Zion? By the way, he walked into Duke with 7 million followers on social media, his social media channels. Audience was already, already there. there. Right. They'd been watching him for the last four years and they were enamored by him. But then he's on ESPN. Yeah. Every other week. Right. He's on CBS and he has he gets to wear Duke on, mm -hmm. on, on his chest, which has its own fan base. And so then the question could be, where is the value really mm. or at what point? What's the equity within that value? And so, you know, as we as we think through the conversation today and, and have a couple hot takes, one, one of those hot <laughs> takes is, number one, 
where are the adults in the conversation that are the, from the media rights holders and or corporate partners? How do they feel about this? And could they take a stand and move this conversation forward in, in one way or the other, mm -hmm. hopefully on the side of, of uh, I, I would call it integrity and fairness. Um, and or, you know, in best case scenarios, this is when you come together and partner. If there's really an argument to be made that was it Duke or Zion Williamson that brought the level of, of, of brand awareness for each of those parties involved, what if they just came together and said, if I were an athlete in, in his position, I would simply say, you know what, I'll give you the right to my likeness and image. Yeah. Well, let me ask for, you for a fee, right? Of yeah, course. for a fee. And then and then we'll work it out between the two of us. Let me ask you a question, Joel, around, you know, does this does this present a real friction for a brand in potentially having to double pay? So, yeah, you're let's take Duke. You've got a long standing relationship with Duke. You do paid social, you do whatever Absolutely. you do. And then Zion comes along and now you're negotiating a second time with somebody on the same team. And that gets pretty sticky. I thought Kevin's point, Zion was a great, great example of, or, you know, even going further back to more our, you know, closer to our, our uh, generation or, or contemporaries. Willie Beeman? Um, no, I'm thinking specifically, yeah, best, uh, best movie quarterback of all time, but um, <laughs> LeBron. So LeBron came to the end. Well, I guess it's different. It's not a college. So we're skipping college, but similar to Zion, LeBron already, had he gone to college, had the one and done rule been in place there, LeBron would have gone to college already similar to Zion with, with his own, sure. you know, so what came first, you know, what, what came, the chicken or the egg? So is it, are we, what do we, to what do we owe his fame? Is it, say he went to Ohio State to play basketball. I think he's, he said that, has he not? Yes. Yeah. So, are you paying LeBron for being famous or are you paying Ohio State for helping make him famous? I, I thought it was a fascinating point. And so how do you, how do you divvy it up? So well, here's the real question. I'm sorry, Jeff, no, for interrupting you. So take a, uh, and what, because we're only talking about Columbus, I'll just use Wendy's as an example. Hometown, right there, Wendy's, Columbus, Ohio. They're sponsors of Ohio State and Ohio State Athletics. Now they have a deal with Ohio State, but now here comes Justin Fields, again, using this as an example. The very first place I'm going to go as 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 Justin's uh, agent or representative is I'll, I'll check with Wendy's, but I'm going to competitor of Wendy's right away, right? So when 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 leaders of the NCAA begin to say we want a level playing field, the language they use because we want to be able to control, and they use words like regulate. Yeah. What they're really saying is they just don't want competition. Yeah. At the end of the day, so. That would get a little sticky, and you see this happen over and over and again in, in, in professional sports, but that's where it gets a little weird for the NCAA and other, other institutions because now you have competition, whereas currently it's, it's a cartel. So take into account what you just said about uh, Zion's following when he started at Duke, 7 million people, and I don't know if that's mm -hmm. enough, I think it was. Um, so are they, are they, is somebody paying, he comes in freshman year, he plays basketball. He's like, he's only going to be there for one year. Mm -hmm. Based off of the rules right now, who mm -hmm. knows if it's different in 2023. Um, in your brand, at that point, you're paying for his audience, which makes perfect sense. That is a quantifiable entity. You partner with him. He pushes out on his social channels. You guys do joint things. But he gets there, and the performance doesn't match the audience. The hype. The hype. Mm -hmm. What it what does that start to look like? Because these are very get hurt. You get hurt. He get he gets hurt. He blows out he blows out a second shoe, snaps <laughs> his femur, and he can't play anymore. I mean, it, this is very interesting because these are all extraordinarily gray areas that exist in the NFL 
and they have insurances to cover it. These these kids don't functionally. And I think you made the point before. We're right now we're talking about a, an extraordinarily small percentage yeah. of the NCAA athletes, but there's there's so much gray area. Yeah, I mean, you, even today, if we if I if we went around the room or we walked around our office and we said name can can you name 10 starting quarterbacks that are in the in in one of the five uh, largest leagues. Yeah. I, d- I doubt many people in this office can mm-hmm. name 10 quarterbacks, right? Yeah. But for those five, six, seven that we can name, there's an opportunity for them. Same thing in basketball or in women's sports or even like in a place in Alabama with gymnastics. Uh, there are some there or other female sports. I use gymnastics just because I'm, I'm, I'm uh, familiar with it. There are folks who can move the needle for you. I think what's really interesting and we haven't gotten into this, Joel, is Oftentimes, this conversation, we're thinking about television commercials, radio commercials, traditional media, but I, I really think it's kind of the influencer on social that mm-hmm. the athletes really have control because they have such huge followings yeah. on their social channels today, and it's easy for them, it's it's natural for them, it's a great medium, and it's where their audience is, frankly. Sure. As we were having this conversation, I think the, the social piece is very, very interesting. My, my head has gone to, as we've, as we've gone through this, so on the social topic, I'm a I'm I'm considering two schools in Ohio. I'm an Ohio athlete. I'm considering two schools. I could go to Ohio State and like have a chance at playing um, like a few games, but as like a role player, I play on special teams. Or I go to Bowling Green and I'm like the a a number one dude, right? So if I'm going to Bowling Green and I'm I'm the starter there, I'm probably not looking at an NFL future. Do I choose Bowling Green because I can make an extra 25K during my college career on my local endorsements because I'm going to be the, the big fish in a smaller pond? Or do I go to Ohio State and, you know, maybe try to go win a national? Like, so I think the, you're, you're placing major decisions on these, on these young kids now. You know, if I'm not, if I don't have an NFL future, am I really going to go to Ohio State and ride the bench where now maybe I can get paid a little extra in addition to my free education? Mm -hmm. If I can make an extra 25K during my college career, and maybe that's too high, maybe it's not. Maybe over the course of four years, if I'm the starting quarterback at Bowling Green, I get 6K a year in in pizza shop and and influencer deals and that sort of stuff. Car dealerships. Yeah, car dealerships. So it's it's a really fascinating thing. Um, You know, we had, I think one one of you guys had mentioned, um, the the playing field in college it has a significant um, impact on that where the 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 gap between if you're a college sports traditionalist which I am not um, but like if you're worried about you know Central Florida having a chance to compete for national title you know I'm not if I'm going to this 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 provides potentially even more impetus for college kids to consider larger schools yeah. you know because they could get you know you're not if you go to Ohio State maybe you're maybe you are a fringe prospect but say you go to Ohio State the guy in front of you gets hurt and all of a sudden you pop and you're in Columbus and you're you're a, you know you're a big dude in Columbus well the earning potential is greater there than if you're at, at UCF you know and so there's so many I, I think it's a fa- fascinating topic there's so many different um, ins and outs and um, I, I can't wait to see where it goes so Kev let me ask you a question yeah. so the the uh, California's law goes into effect in 2023 mm-hmm. um, let's uh, scenario hypothetical California is the only one who's passed this law by 2023. What does recruiting look like in the major sports? Is there some sort of massive tectonic shift where all of these, the best of the best, just slide into California 
and all the other schools in in the country who are who are huge programs are at a loss? Yeah, it's a great question. The very first thing that, as an Ohio State fan, that I, I and if I if I were thinking that this were to this type of law were to give a school an advantage, I start to look at the state of Pennsylvania and the state of Michigan, and I say, okay, what could Michigan offer? that we can't here in Ohio, mm-hmm. and what can Penn State offer that we can't ha- here in Ohio. So I actually think this becomes a conversation around uh, leagues, right? Yeah. So like right now of those 11 states that are considering this this law or some some uh, some similar language for a, a, a potential law, four of them are, are in the Big Ten. And if I were sitting there in Columbus and, and managing this program, that, that being Ohio State, that would concern me. And and there is a bit of keeping up with the Joneses, so I I don't know, but I also but I also do believe this. I think the market for who these athletes are is really small, yeah, really small, and then the appetite for for sponsors and advertisers to invest in an eighteen year old is also pretty small, uh, eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old. It's I mean it's it's high risk to your point, whether it be injury, whether it be. Uh, becoming ineligible, getting in trouble. Risk? It's just or it how about really risky. doing dumb stuff on you know to, back doing to the social point social like media. okay I'm gonna get behind we all know what we did you mm-hmm. know I've, in this you know cancel culture when people are looking back at you right. I mean you're you're gonna you're gonna take that risk and maybe you know going back to the social piece maybe if you do make those decisions to link up with these yeah. young kids I mean part of your deal is you gotta you gotta um, you got to give us the keys to your social, and so we can go back and look at everything you've sent out from from the jump, and we can delete anything. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I'm sorry, Jeff. It's interesting. I, I just I, I think it's such a small group of people on both sides that we're talking about, but it's more about the idea uh-huh. and the optics of of the relationship between the athlete that is on campus helping generate millions of dollars for the university and their media partners and potentially part the sponsors. Coaches who are being paid $5 million. By the way, there are 25 coaches, college football coaches, that make over $4 million a year. A year, right? The commissioner of the Big Ten makes $5.5 million. But what is their tenure? I I won't use names, but some of them have been there for a year. Earning perspectives is still good for the long run. Yeah, yeah. You get a stressful Uh, job and a nice couch in your office. There there are coaches in the Big Ten who have never won half their games as, as coaches in the Big Ten who are making $4.5 $4.5 million. Again, I just continue to reference Big Ten because where we are. But my point simply is, I think there's an opportunity if we if we put on our, our on our agency hats and we're thinking about this from a public relations standpoint, I think there's an opportunity for whether it be the NCAA, a really great strong leader in the NCAA at, at one of the institutions, a media partner or a corporation to say, hey guys, it's time to do the right thing. I, this is probably not the right analogy, but I think about what the conversation we've had as a country with our female soccer athletes on the, yeah. on the women's national team. Maybe not the right analogy, but in the spirit of talking about and thinking about what equity and fairness looks like, I think there's a conversation to be had. So let me let me ask you both this question. So you, Joel doesn't do as much retail kind of facing, but uh, a lot of the work that Kevin does is, is heavily retail facing. 2023 comes around, there is a, a, a generational athlete, um, and uh, it's between the generational athlete on the come up and somebody who is a known quantity, uh, also an athlete. You have the ability to put money for your client behind either one of them. Which one do you choose? Do you choose the young up-and-comer or the probably a little bit more stable somebody known entity? 
Kev, you go first. Well, the smart answer is the stable athlete. Yeah. The, the stable already. Yeah, I think it is the it's the it's the it's the athlete who has established credibility in the market and they've proved their point. They've proved their worth on 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 the field or court. Joel. Yeah, I mean, so it goes back to what your goals are. So, if what's your audience? So, if it's a, um, you know, if it's a young, uh, it's an upstart young shoe, shoe Ky- brand, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, shoe brand. So maybe you're going after Zion for that because you know kids who are buying that product are on social where where these athletes live. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great question. Here, I want to go. I just want to go back to one thing real quick. The NCAA, I think, in the piece we kicked around on this topic, referenced this. I think what what the goal here is, I think the California folks have referenced this, part of the goal here is to force the NCAA into action. You cannot have the – you cannot – we kicked around a bunch of scenarios with California can pay, Ohio can't. The NCAA cannot possibly have one state, the biggest state or, you know, know, uh, area-wise or whatever – uh, with a ton of high-profile schools, you cannot have that state being able to pay college athletes and other states not. You know, it's just not going to work from NCAA's standpoint. So I think, again, I think Gavin Newsom, I think, even referenced this. So like, you know, ultimate goal here is force the NCAA into action. Kevin referenced it as well. Do the right thing. Meet these kids halfway and offer them some of the pie, and you won't have this issue on your hand i think it's admirable from that standpoint with um with california taking this stance but i I just don't see any 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 way the ncaa can oversee a system in which some some schools can pay some schools cannot i never thought about this until this conversation could i had the good fortune to play with a lot of great players including eddie george so he wins the heisman trophy the school was selling 27 jerseys without his name on it yeah. while he's playing. He didn't get paid for that at all. But I'm curious, could he have partnered with Ohio State or the NCAA while he was an athlete? Any money that they collected using the number 27, put that in a trust and paid him after he, he his eligibility was done. He could have, would they have ever wanted to? Yeah, so it's just like the ability. So here's what I think is interesting about what California has done. You just have to elevate the conversation so you're having a modern business discussion Instead of just saying, no, these are the rules and this is how we follow them. This is, these are the rules that we follow. No, let's actually come to the table and use creativity to solve this issue. And this is why I think the what, part of this is so interesting is because this is not about several, a dozen maybe professional athletes or amateur athletes becoming wealthy off of their time uh, at a university. It's about trying to make a move on an institution yes this is a move this is institutional change this is an institutional change with the ncaa who has so adamantly proven to be against that in at least seemingly from the outside to to anything that disrupts their business model so much this is societal now and i think sports is really a very interesting microcosm of where we're at because if you look at esports gambling uh, uh, pay equity mm-hmm. uh, with the U.S. women's team, uh, and then really equity, um, you know, haves and have-nots. You have these institutions who are the haves with non-taxable billion-dollar endowments, multi-billion-dollar endowments. You have uh, the people that are working for them for nothing. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're looking at a major, major social reflection 
in sports right now, maybe the most it's ever been in my life, uh, because it's reflecting everything right now. And I think it's just hugely interesting. And I think it's actually really neat that sports is able to push the conversation forward to an institution like the NCAA that is so immovable at this point. What would you do if you were the athletic director at Ohio State? What would your move be? I my move would be collaboration. My move would be where does this make sense and why? I mean, it's the Ohio States, it's the Alabamas, it's the Michigans, it's the biggest of the big. They all have a seat at the table. And my move would be collaboration because the market's telling you. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. The market's telling you yeah. movement needs to happen. Yeah. The, the world is telling you movement can happen. And now the largest state in your union is telling you it's, it's time to go. And I think when you have instances like this, it's opportunity everywhere. Mm-hmm. This is not an instance where everybody needs to get poorer. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity where people who are comfortable doing things one way don't want to change it. And to me, that's when people get steamrolled because there's significant profit potential on the other side of this. It doesn't have to be a win-lose. It could be a win-win. Yeah. Kevin, when you were at Ohio State, when did you, when did you go there and uh, play? I graduated in the Late 90s? Yeah. Late 90s. I mean, were these discussions being had between you and your teammates? Like, were you guys looking around? Was Eddie George looking around and be like, you know what? Yes. That's funny that, that yeah. that's my jersey and I am broke and I'm not allowed to do anything to supplement my income, my mom and dad. You know, I, I, correct me wrong, Division One athletes can't even, like, have a job, right? You could at the time. It okay. did change. It okay. changed towards the end. But you know what? I actually, Joel, it's interesting you asked that question because I, I did, I actually wrote a paper on this. Okay. Um, and probably a terribly written paper, but uh, <laughs> the research led down a rabbit hole, which is none of these questions were actually ever really answered and addressed uh, uh, relative to the NCAA. But I also don't think there was the level of creativity in the conversation that there is today. So if, you know, there are a couple of things that I, I think I would do if I were an athletic director at one of these institutions. And, and to your point, I would partner, I would collaborate. And if Joel was the quarterback he told us he was, I would say, hey, Joel, listen. Wait, what, what if? Yeah, if yeah, right. what yeah. Throw that pigskin right over those yeah. mountains. Joel, we're going to represent you since you play for our university. We're going to tie you into any of the deals that we do, right? And then that would be a way to kind of control this from, from an institution standpoint. I don't know if they're set up that way right now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think just on the surface, the optics are pretty tough. You've got coaches that are being paid a lot of money. You've got athletes that are running around doing the labor for free, um, whether that some people argue that the scholarship is is, is worth a lot in, in itself, but the optics are terrible. And I just think there's a real opportunity for someone to step up. Uh, maybe it is Gavin Newsom yeah. and, and be the leader uh, in, for common sense here. So do you think in 2023 there is a federal uh, uh, law that has been passed to allow uh, amateur athletes to make money off of their image and likeness? I think in 2023, maybe maybe a little further down the road than that, I think college athletics is going to look completely different. And this is just one of many, many issues that are going to kind of fracture what we know today as college athletics. And, and frankly, it needs to be disrupted. Yeah. It needs to be disrupted. What do you think? 2023? Yes. yes. All I want is my NCAA college football video game back okay yeah that was a great game that's all i want okay who's i don't your, play video games anymore but who's your team uh i mean i will you well let's see bg probably didn't have a i would put here i would cheat i would put a receiver in a quarterback and just run the option all day long out of the shotgun yeah and it was cheating but it was fine 
or pass and pull it down and go. So it sounds like from, you know, as a media player. That's how I played quarterback in, in high school. I would, you know, we, we played shotgun. We were ahead of our time. Played Triple shotgun, option? pull it down and go. No, yeah. no, no, no. You know. Do you, ever, do you ever pass? You pass it all? I just ran. Nobody yeah, you could, just yeah. ran. Nobody <laughs> could catch you. Too fast. That's right. Too fast. And if they did catch you, you know, God forbid. Yeah, I put the shoulder blow down. Blow them up. It was over. It was over. You're a real physical specimen, Yeah, Joel. yeah. So I, I just think it, it helps to articulate something we talk about a lot is the changing landscape, the changing opportunities for, you know, business like ours in the marketing side of things where, you know, the, the constancy of change, everybody, blah, blah, blah. But, man, it gives you a lot of opportunities to get creative, to get fun. I mean, this is, this is why I think our stuff is fun is because the world is changing, the technology is changing, everybody's consuming it in different forms and fashions to the point from last week about uh, Quibi, they're consuming it at different time frames now, mm -hmm. things are getting truncated, but it doesn't, the change is just so constant that if, you, if you're creative and this stuff is fun to you, man, the, I mean, the possibilities are literally endless. Yeah. One last point from me on, on the, uh, you know, this is not related to our, our industry, but when you think about team sports, especially in, a, in its current state in amateur um, uh, format, what impact does it have now if Justin Fields is getting paid $500,000 for his mark, for his sponsorship deals and his roommate, who is the backup linebacker? Like, how does that impact things? I'm, I'm thinking just from team dynamic and as a sports fan. Like, okay, then there's then there's potential for, you know, man, my man is is he's not even buying me a Chipotle at lunch, right, and he's right, getting right. 500k, and yeah. here I am with with just a scholarship. You know, so it, this is not again related to our industry, but but as a fan of college sports, like, how does that impact team dynamics? You know, and you've been in this yeah. situation. We've all been on, on a, at various yeah. levels. Uh, uh, but I think that's I think that part is fascinating. Now, I mean, we're all in that in that setting in a professional and, and, and pros deal with it. But at a college level, like how does how does that? Well, I, I guess at a pro level, everybody's getting paid to some extent. Sure. And they're relatively paid handsomely compared to what we uh, make. But at college, it's like, well, if I'm not getting paid at all, my man here is getting 100K for his local Papa sponsorship. I'm like, damn, that's hard for me to swallow. He's driving a. He's driving a new Corvette, and I'm driving my my hatchback. Well, now you're talking about, like you said, team dynamics. Now you're talking about things that could influence a game. Now you're talking Gambling. about Vegas. Hello. So I'll give you the interesting <laughs> one, right? So Vegas is really interesting. Over the last three or four years, in uh, I think Christian McCaffrey is probably the most famous or one of the, the more famous uh, examples of, of pulling this off. But guys will not play in their bowl games, yeah. right? Uh, it, 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 rightfully so, candidly. But if I'm the, if I have just paid Justin Fields yep. five hundred grand, he's uh, playing in that bowl game. He's got to play in the bowl game because yep. that's national television. I yeah. need you to play in that contractually. Bowl game. That contract yeah, is you go. get you get five hundred k if yeah. you play in all available games. Yeah. And so and and so that's when that's the only time I think the argument I start to see that from the perspective of 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 an institution or the NCAA. Yeah, because. Now you have other dynamics at play that are pushing an athlete uh, in a different direction that might not be aligned with the well-being of the athlete and or the or, or the university. Now, does that happen to the pros? Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> but but uh, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, that that makes it a little bit more difficult. Does load management start to become something for right. kids who haven't reached 20 yet? Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The Vegas element is extremely intriguing. Well, and that's why I, I I think the you can't look at any of these things through the lens, especially in sports, of just themselves. Yeah. Kevin made a very compelling argument to me once with teams 
teams moving to Las Vegas and with the rise of esports, that there's a and, and you know with CTE and football, all all professional sports, that you know you could make an argument that esports and uh, gamers are going to be the professional athletes of the future, and that people won't actually play, you know, physically on the field. Uh, do I think that's imminent? I don't, but then I'm, I'm, I'm also not as, as dialed into it as you are. But to look at these things through any other lens as then completely interconnected. You know, Rob Manfred came out yesterday and kind of threatened the Oakland Athletics, mm-hmm. saying you could end up in Vegas, too. I mean, these things are so tied together. And is gambling driving a lot of it? That's one of my questions, and I don't, I don't, we don't need to necessarily get into it right now. But is the is the, the the legality of gambling now and the potential revenue upside of it going to be a major factor in every one of these things in sports uh, moving forward forever? Yeah, if, if Mark Emmert and 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 the NCAA think they have a problem on their hands right now with like this legislation, you know, paying players, like think about the potential pitfalls, like you said, of of. The, the impact of legalization of, gam- of gambling across the country and then the impact of these kids like potentially like shaving points like, being influenced uh, huge absolutely huge absolutely unbelievable pay them pay everybody they might they'd be better off paying everybody the same amount of money sure making this go away and and th- laying the hammer if they catch anybody doing anything you know what i mean yeah like, like that that scandal to me is potentially far more harmful than any sort of like i'm going to pay Everybody on this team, 10K a year. So uh, thinking as I'm sure we're getting close to wrapping up. Yeah. If you guys in the, in the last three, five years, what name three or four athletes that you would think would have you as a consumer would have said, hey, if this person was was a sponsor or spokesperson or endorser for this brand, it would have captured my attention. I, Zion's an easy one. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that um, uh, a lot of people that can that can resonate with. I mean, if um, I'm in South Carolina during the during Clemson's recent run, like Deshaun Watson would be sure. a big yeah, one. Yeah, that's know? a good one. Sure. You can't even say Patrick Mahomes because, I mean, he wasn't who he was until he got to the pros. Right. Um, I think Johnny Bozell would have probably commanded some cash. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, Baker probably, probably. would have. Yeah. Uh, you guys, I mean, probably Rasmus Dahlin, number one pick of the Buffalo Sabres two years ago, the best defenseman <laughs> to come out of. Yeah. Okay, maybe not him. Um, Would have gotten my attention. Josh, how about Josh Allen? Speaking of Buffalo, how about Josh Allen, like in in Laramie, Wyoming? Like, you you think that guy would have made some money in Wyoming? Absolutely, (laughs) would have. Yeah, but it goes to show that it's not every single athlete. It's hard. I mean, it's really difficult to find those guys that really would break through. All right. Well, I mean, something tells me that this is going to be a, a a topic of discussion on many. Uh, podcasts uh, in the future uh, and the ramifications really there's a ripple effect to this and I think it's going to be very interesting to see this you know old ideal new ideal kind of battle against each other hey Joel yes you know if somebody wanted to find us on a social media channel where would they go <laughs> well they could go to um, the A Game podcast on Twitter or the AdCom group on Twitter yeah. and also uh, uh, follow us on LinkedIn at the AdCom group and uh, that's where you can find all of our stuff I gotta tell you those are hot follows yeah. I've been, been following them since day one those Have are hot you? follows uh, uh, thank you again everybody episode 51 in the books uh, SVP this is a great, this is a great conversation great conversation it. SVP and account director Kevin Griffin thank you as always so much fun to have you on the show uh, and you know, lead PR social media dog 
uh, Joel Hammond. Thank you, Joe. Just the consummate professional. Uh, so we'll we'll uh, we'll catch everybody next week uh, on episode 52 of the A Game. <laughs>